Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. No surprise that the outside market influences are weighing in once again on the trade. We talked about it a little bit yesterday during the Fontenelle Final Bell, and that's what's been going on in the situations with the banks. But we'll look at the big macro risk-off that is going with them and what we might see as we get ready to head into another weekend. On a short note, we did see some higher numbers in the corn. It was mixed on the beans. On the wheat complex, we had a kind of a mixed type of trade to the lower side going on and it was higher on the livestock for the cattle lower on the hogs actually hogs took a big drop on the trade today we're going to take a look at all the details affecting the trade today with sue martin sue is with ag and investment out of clarion iowa and, and so we got to start out talking because everybody um has been talking about what's going on with these banks and this big macro risk-off feel that we have going on well, I think that um, for now, the market's catching its breath because it appears that the U.S., along with uh, Switzerland, stepped up to the, the plate and uh, maybe fairly quickly to try to avert a further situation uh, of decline in other banks. Still, I think the uh, public is a little apprehensive to believe everything they're being told. Um, I think there's been a lot of decline in uh, the uh, uh, citizens, uh, how do I want to say it, trust in the government. And so, but for now, the market has settled down. But, you know, tomorrow's Friday. And I would suspect since this news hit last Friday into over the weekend and got worse over the weekend, I suspect traders are going to be a little apprehensive carrying long positions into uh, Sunday night, Monday. So looking at that, how much pressure could we see? I mean, that's kind of looking into the future a little bit. But let's say we do get word of more banks struggling. How does that set the tone for Sunday night into Monday trade? Well, I would then, I think, have you opening up weaker again. Um, I will say, you know, um, the Fed, you know, has pivoted and cut rates very um, quickly. And I think before July 4th, we'll see them stop and um, quit raising the rates. And and it, there's a lag in there anyway in time for these hikes that they've given to totally catch up. And that'll slow consumer spending probably. But um, I think that um, uh, for now, the Fed is probably going to be forced to to uh, cut their uh, increases from within. And easing of recent inflationary pressures combined with the concerns about the banking industry may just finally give the Fed a reason to discuss a possible ending to their tightening cycle at next week's meeting. We'll see. Um, I think it's possible that the ra- that the Fed next week will still raise a, a 25 basis point and, um, and then we'll see what happens. But I think by September we will be seeing an end to these rate hikes. And, um, and I think there's a faction out there that thinks that the Fed will not even put a, an increase out next week. And I'm not so sure about that. I guess I'm in the camp that they will, but it won't be the 50 uh, basis points that originally were indicating. Now, for these banks to be investing and being short bonds and turn around, and the Fed has blatantly told them what they're going to do, and yet they didn't protect themselves and get out. To me, that was just ludicrous. And so now here we are bailing them out. But, um, you know, you've got to think about it this way. 
if your banking system in the U.S. was to go down, that the worst situation, well, how do you fill a car up with gas unless you pay cash? Because credit cards won't work. You know, it's, it, it encompasses so much. And, you know, you look at the cattle market and cattle took a, a little bit of a hit yesterday. Now today they're back up. Um, maybe not majorly, but they're up. Feeders up the best because demand for feeder cattle is so good. Um, but in the meantime, you know, what you might have in the cattle market is a fear that maybe the high end, uh, cuts won't see as good a demand. But for now, um, I think it's a little early for an extended decline to hold here in the cattle market. So, but the cattle did, I think, suffer yesterday on this news. And of course, the stock market was dropping. But you know what? That Dow could have been down a thousand points and it wasn't. So let's take a look at, at, at the demand that has suddenly appeared. And I know we talked about this a little bit before we re- started recording the program today is China. I mean, they were back again for a third time today making some grain purchases. Well, they were. And, you know, about a week or so ago, we were talking about this in our commentaries to our subscribers that we were hearing five to 18 cargoes of beans sold to China. That was a pretty wide range, but it was coming out of interests of, um, you know, commercial interests. And usually they're pretty honest when or pretty, I guess, honest or legit when they say stuff. And then we, and then there was the negatives or the poopers that kept saying, no, you know, okay, if there is business, maybe a million metric tons. Well, we've already surpassed that and gone to 1.9 million metric tons in the past three days, today and yesterday and the day before. There's talk now that we may take this all the way to two and a half million metric tons because they expect one more announcement of another 600,000 metric tons. What's interesting is why it took so long for that news to actually get reported. And, um, but, uh, you know, that, that break we had 60 cents or so in the market, actually, maybe even a little more than that, actually brought out the demand that we are seeing out of China. All right, we'll stick around, folks. We come back. We're going to continue to look at some of the factors that have pushed this market today. We'll also talk about Brazil wondering export pace on beans. Is that going to pick up anytime soon? We'll take a look at what's happening on the livestock side as well. We have a Catalan feed report that comes out tomorrow afternoon. Another interesting day, and it's a Thursday on these market trades. Stick around. More is coming up. It's a Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Sue Martin. Sue, of course, the Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. So let's let's head down south to Brazil. What are you hearing, first of all, on on the pace of their harvest and when we're really going to start to see an export pickup on the soybeans? Well, I think their harvest this week coming up, the forecast is finally calling for it to be a little bit warmer and drier in center uh, Brazil. And that should now allow the harvest to start to finally speed up that they can get something done. So I think they're around, I want to say 56% harvested now. Um, so they've got a ways to go. But um, 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, you know, there are some areas where the harvest was not as good as they thought it would be. But all in all, most of the yields have been just very, very good compared to what you would normally expect for Brazil. I mean, hearing some 80 bushel beans is pretty good. How do you see that putting a big kind of squeeze pressure on us? Um, For the moment, no. I think that... um, What's happening is my biggest concern is that the Brazilian farmer and the U.S. farmer are both lightly sold ahead and or holders of beans. And if that's the case, that tends to make me a little nervous because usually that doesn't pan out real well. I'm of the opinion that the bean market's still going to push lower. It's just stepping its way through this. Um, news and what have you as we go in towards an April low is what I'm thinking. Look at the the wheat market. Is it a lack of any sort of news? I mean, obviously, we're into this pre-emergence, you know, coming out of winter dormancy, but it just seems to be quiet. But we've got a lot of negative feels that continues within this wheat complex. Well, there is. Um, I would say that, uh, first off, you know, We've, we hit on Elliott Wave measurements, uh, Wave 5s, a small 5 and a larger 5. So the market technically was due for a reprieve. And then as we got closer towards the 18th, where the extension of the 120-day extension of the Green Corridor negotiations, you know, Russia taking it down to the wire, uh, I think was supporting the market as well. And I think that when we look at the forecast, the 16 to 30 day forecast remains very dry for southwestern third of the U.S. hard red winter wheat and also for the eastern half of Argentina. Um, the drought monitor continues to show eastern Dakotas, western Minnesota, east central Nebraska and western Kansas all drier than they were a year ago at this time. So I think that when we look at the wheat market, the weaker longs have pretty well, um, I think, worked their way away from the market a little bit. Um, but on the same token, I think that we have to keep in mind the soft red wheat is in such good condition that, you know, everybody knows the story in wheat. And basically, let's face it, it's April and May when that yield is made. I know you talked briefly about uh, the livestock on the cattle side um, on the front half, but I'm curious, are we as short supplied out there on cattle as many are starting to think? I think we are. Um, I think the demand is very, very good. And, of course, we have that March 1st cattle on feed report due out here tomorrow afternoon. And we tend to think it's going to be a friendly report. Uh, I think pretty much every report we get is going to be friendly. And the only thing I can see is that would divert us would be a meltdown of the stock market that adds fear that people maybe don't spend as much on steaks as they once did. Um, but in the meantime, the cattle on feed report for tomorrow, um, the trade estimates on feed are, you know, uh, numbers down five to six percent, placements in February down three to ten percent is your range, and February marketing's down four to five percent. So you would think that should at some point put a little support under this market. Now the market rallied today. And especially in feeder cattle, because demand remains so good for feeders. But I also think funds have been trying to, um, they've been 
bottom picking and and I think that um when we look at this market everybody knows the situation in the cattle market I think it's the black swan concern of a banking system that could go under or we felt that way yesterday now today the jitters are kind of abating a little bit but the market was also overdue for a nice correction um we've been moving higher and higher uh it's a little early to expect this market to have reached a peak and and drop down through april i think we're going to see higher levels in april all right lots of great stuff today sue what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you well our number's 1-800-527-0051 and y'all have a great day. Thanks so much. Sue Martin's been joining us for today's Fontenelle Final Bell. We always encourage you to remind you that commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss that isn't suitable to all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you pick up your free podcast. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.